like, okay, so you fell short, but you sure built something still, right? If I put a billion and it goes to 250, that's, you still did something. But if you didn't put it out there, you wouldn't even push the limits to try to get there, right? If I didn't put it out there, I may never even have ended at, you know, end up at 80 if that ends up being the end number for whatever reason, right? Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your host, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your hosts, Nate and Brian, hanging out with you and looking forward to a great conversation with the one and only Aaron Gaynor. We're going to be talking today about his story of tragedy to triumph in the plumbing trade specifically, but this is going to be a good conversation relevant to all the trades and really anybody in them. Before we talk to him and a great interview that it's going to be, Brian and I are going to spend a little bit of time talking ourselves. We're going to turn to Brian for a quote. We acquire the strength we have overcome. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Uh, it's been a while since you used an Emerson quote. I like it. Not often enough, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, we acquire the strength that we overcome. So definitely looking to focus on the things that we've learned and turn them into the strengths, you know, the things we learned yesterday and turn them into the strengths of today. That's the general concept, right? Yeah. Although I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's necessarily saying we learn to do anything like as you, as you climb a mountain, you're higher up. No question about it. So you're just naturally taking on the, uh, well, you know, it's, it, it's no different than, I don't know, okay, every week I, I relate everything to the gym. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's just every week. <laughs> I got I to gotta find another hobby, you know? <laughs> but what happens every time you, you press a little bit of weight that you couldn't press before? What happens every time you, you stack one more five-pound plate on either side of the bar of whatever you're doing? The muscle is shredded. The muscle breaks down, the muscle builds back up bigger, usually harder, and you get to look like me. I, I don't know. What are you looking for there? No, no, no. That's, that's, that's like a Benjamin Button. That's the other way. <laughs> <laughs> you stop working out. You uh, get stronger. Yes, stronger. Got it. So you would think you're damaging yourself. Like if you didn't know anything about anything and you just saw someone who was actively trying to lift a weight that was clearly too heavy for them, right? In whatever squat, deadlift, bench, whatever. Let's say bench press because we're men. We don't do that other crap, right? Every day is chest day. <laughs> if you saw someone pressing that and you didn't know anything about life or the world or the human body, you saw someone trying to do that sweating, grunting, you know, wiggling around on that bench to get that weight up, you would think they were doing irreparable damage to their body, right? It certainly could look like that. You would you would go help. Get it off him. Like he's he's gonna hurt himself, his joints, his whatever. Um, but what actually happens is you need a little rest. You need to take some time off, obviously. 
you need to eat, you need to get some protein in you and some carbs. But what happens is you, your body repairs itself and it's stronger than it was before, more capable than it was before. And we think naturally that when, when we're hitting the adversity walls in our life, you know, we all know the concept, like you're going to get stronger through this. You're going to be better for it. But when we're going through it, nobody wants to hear that crap, you know? Right. It just sucks. But it is what it is. Like we, we, we all know, but you know, it's the same thing. Everybody knows how to have abs, <laughs> but you know, we're not really doing it. Everyone knows that overcoming adversity makes you stronger, but it's just in the moment, it's hard to see that clearly. And today's episode is going to be yet another example, a clear picture of someone who, I forget what the years were, but you know, a decade ago or whatever it was, ran into some huge adversity, built up, lost everything. And a little story about how he's, how he's uh, trying to get on the other side of it. Some um, might say he is on the other side. Yes, in, in many ways, how he already has, uh, while that doesn't mean he's satisfied at that position, uh, in, in many respects, he's, he's certainly come a long way to be on the other side. Yeah. So we're all, we're all in some, you know, Billy Graham had a great book called Storm Warning. And the concept of the book was you're either on your way into a storm, in a storm currently, or just coming out of one, period. That's all there is. It's the three modes of life. And uh, certainly in the HVAC world, but really in the trades in general, like every big company I talk to, every single one, there has not been one that has, has uh, said differently, is way, way down in demand from this time last year. And that's been pretty much the whole year. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, all these guys were budgeted to blow the doors off of last year and they have less calls than they did last year. So it's tough times for the industry, depending on, you know, if you're a one man shop or a five man shop, you're probably not feeling that same pinch. You might be, you very well could be, but, uh, it's not a time to beat your chest and say, yeah, but not me. Cause I got it all figured out. Right. But get 120 trucks and see how, how much you have it figured out. You know, it's, it's a whole different, uh, level, but, that tells you that there's a lot of people in storms right now. And, you know, it's funny when you talk to one of the, you know, what we call them the old, the OGs of the industry or whatever, the, the guys who have been doing it for a couple generations, like your Goodriches and, and Leland Smiths and whatnot, uh, Paul Kelly. If you say, are you really concerned right now? It's like a shrug of the shoulder. Eh. <laughs> We've been through worse. Like, They've come through this adversity and probably worse many times. And they know that on the other side of this is what I'm excited about. That's on the other side of this is the, is the innovation. Like we'll we'll figure out ways to innovate through this. You know, we're all going to get better at some versions of getting calls, marketing, um, branding, social media, getting our, getting our people in the trucks to really take more pride in, in both the reviews that they get on multiple platforms, but more importantly, referrals, like it, that's a lost art. The follow-up and the referral, I feel like are lost arts, you know? Yeah, for sure. There's, you don't hear a lot about it anymore. I mean, the, the legends, the, the people that are doing, 
you know, not the legend at, at my shop or your shop or whatever, but the legends of the industry who are doing numbers that the kind of numbers where everybody just says, though, that's a different state. That's a different city. They're different clients. That's a different person. You know, there's all, all the excuses why I can't do that. Those are follow-up fanatics, referral fanatics. Typically they're at, they're, um, regularly asking people for other people they might know that could benefit from this product or service, right? Mm-hmm. They're following up four or five times instead of just praying the client calls back. If that's even happening, usually we walk out the door, the door closes. I forget that person exists, right? Right. If you don't have a plan to follow up, but that kind of, you know, not just that, you know, hearkening back to a, to a lost art, a lost skill of following up and referrals, but the innovation that we haven't seen yet, I don't know what to make of some of the AI stuff. I mean, what you and I use it for seems pretty small potatoes, you know, but we do use it. But then there's all these other people out there using it for what seems like could be big things, but I'm, I'm not one to jump head first into things that I have no concept of. I mean, except for uh, Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, cryptocurrencies and NFTs. <laughs> that didn't turn out so great. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I'm just like, a, eh, I'll hold up. Let, let me see everything work out and then I'll, I'll jump right in. Yeah. I mean, some of it I've seen is really cool, but uh, I'm just kind of waiting to see what happens. And I, I know that there are going to be some innovations coming out of this that change the game for everybody. And it's, that's the part for me that's exciting, right? It's the, we're going to overcome adversity right now and we're going to innovate in ways that we can't turn we can't turn back from people going through this right now are going to grow in ways that we didn't grow with the last two years 2021 2022 please it was easy street it was like too much of a cakewalk nobody was getting stronger we were just getting fat so yay the adversity's here finally we all get to get stronger again. You know, let's celebrate it a little bit. Yeah. As Jocko would say, good. Bye. Good. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, bear in mind there, you know, listener, um, Brian mentioned the OGs and, you know, you may have somebody in your, your shop or your industry who also seems to be pretty nonchalant about the condition of things. Uh, don't mistake confidence uh, for inaction. Right. So just because somebody's confident that this is a, a swell in the ocean and that, you know, it will go back down again or go back up or however you want to look at it, it doesn't mean that they're just sitting there treading water and not doing anything. It just means that they've done this enough times to know what to be doing and how to be doing it much better than those of us who have only gone through it once or never at all. And so, you know, don't, uh, Take hope in the fact that, you know, this is a season, yes, and there have been many people who've gone through these seasons before, but do not think the foolish man's way in saying that, oh, okay, you know, I'll just wait it out and see what happens and not do anything to improve, to succeed, to accomplish uh, the growth that really comes through these seasons. Yeah, it's a good time to brainstorm. Remember how we used to get in the conference room with, you know, grab a couple people smarter than us, all right, smarter than me, and uh, drag them into the conference room and go, and I would just write something on the whiteboard. Boom, here's our problem right now. Let's go. Right. 10 ideas each. Let's go. And then we would just sit there and break apart the ideas and 
figure out which three we thought were the most both profound, but also like immediately actionable and like, just take action. We walk out of there and go take action on. I don't, I don't, we don't know how, how much success came our way as a result of that, you know? Yeah. And I was thinking the, uh, I was actually talking with somebody the other day about the Laura Kelly lever concept, uh, which we had that this is a, a swell in the ocean and that, you know, it will go back down again or go back up or however you want to look at it. It doesn't mean that they're just sitting there treading water and not doing anything. It just means that they've done this enough times to know what to be doing and how to be doing it much better than those of us who have only gone through it once or never at all. And so, you know, don't uh, take hope in the fact that, you know, this is a season. Yes. And there have been many people who've gone through these seasons before, but do not think the foolish man's way in saying that, oh, okay, I'll, you know, I'll just wait it out and see what happens and not do anything to improve, to succeed, to accomplish uh, the growth that really comes through these seasons. Yeah, it's a good time to brainstorm. Remember how we used to get in the conference room with, you know, grab a couple of people smarter than us, all right, smarter than me, <laughs> and uh, drag them into the conference room and go, and I would just write something on the whiteboard. Boom, here's our problem right now. Let's go. Right. 10 ideas each. Let's go. And then we would just sit there and break apart the ideas and figure out which three we thought were the most both profound, but also like immediately actionable and like just take action. We walk out of there and go take action on. I don't, I don't, we don't know how, how much success came our way as a result of that, you know? Yeah. And I was thinking the, uh, I was actually talking to somebody the other day about the Laura Kelly lever concept. Uh, which we had her on a couple weeks ago um, for a two-parter. And one of her seven keys to success was having levers that you can pull. And, you know, it's, it's a little late now to be in the season of being down and not have the levers uh, because this is the time where you're like, okay, I need to pull some levers and I need to get some new action, some new clients, some new ways, some new marketing, whatever. And you've had that really ready to go and boom, you pull a leather and it launches. Uh, but it is a great concept to keep in mind that even in this downtime, even in the slow season, even in the, the shoulder time, whatever you want to call it, um, training season, buddy, come on, right. training season to constantly be creating new levers to be manufacturing new methods, to be brainstorming new ideas, to be innovating, as Brian said earlier, and using that not only right now, but then preparing yourself for the next time this happens or the next problem that might come along, using a little bit of whatever industry knowledge or experience that you do have to be, become better predictors, to become better uh, at, at seeing what's happening and being able to know how that's going to impact you. And then having the levers ready to go so that you can react quickly and appropriately as soon as you see something coming, as opposed to man, I just got run over by a truck and you have to spend you know, 14 days trying to recover before you ever take a step forward. And so it was a good reminder to me as I was having that discussion. And I think we're going to hear you know, some of the what action looks like in somebody's life when they are down and out in our interview today with Aaron. Squat Freak 1184, the most realistic role play I've ever heard. Great job, guys. This two-part series will probably be your most watched <laughs> episodes over time. 
You guys should do a long series on objections and role play it out. Appreciate that squat freak 1184. That was, uh, he's talking about, or she, he or she is talking about uh, the seven deadly objections, episode one and episode two. No, part one and part two. Technically, it's episode like 185 or something like that. Okay, yeah. All right. I'm glad you could correct me there, Nate. You know I love that. So <laughs> That's what I do. Would you like to role play the objection of why I shouldn't correct you? <laughs> no. I don't want to play anything with you, Nate. All right. <laughs> Most realistic uh, role play ever. That is a good idea. And you know, if we've actually put some thought and some planning into that, like I was talking to Daryl Robinson, uh operations manager at the Ben Franklin I'm at here in Phoenix the day of that episode. So Brian Tracy was supposed to be on that day and Brent Buckley was supposed to record that day. And one of those episodes was going to be that following Monday, which was seven deadly objections, part one. And, uh, they both rescheduled on me <laughs> the, like one the day before and one the day of, and I'm just like, Oh boy. So we don't have an episode for Monday. <laughs> um, so I was talking to Daryl at the shop and he was just like, man, you guys like stop trying to find a guest. Like just do what, like do what put you here. The sales thing. That's what we want to hear. And I'm like, all right, there's some, you know, there's some things we can do. And then I was talking to Amelia, my wife downstairs as I was like, you know, what half an hour before we recorded, I think. Did I tell you, I texted you that we we're going to do it, right? I knew, I knew there was rescheduled. So yes. Yeah. No, no, no. Did I text you what we were doing or did I actually just sit down in front of the mic and tell you we were going to do this? No, I think you had told me we were doing objections. Okay. Yeah. But we decided to do it like a half an hour before we recorded it. Yeah. So it was like, I'm not sure I there had was a list of objections we were going to be doing. Nope. I was looking at you on this Zoom call when I sent it to you. <laughs> I was like, here you go. I didn't have like, I didn't do any practice, any planning. Or anything. And I, and I don't, but the thing is I don't need to, especially with these seven, because these, you know, these seven I've written and rewritten and did in the home and trained other people and role played had to be thousands of times now. Right. I mean, day in and day out role play these things over and over and over. And I was trying to get perfect even when I was in a truck because the last thing I wanted to do was stumble and stutter and get nervous when I was in front of a client. And that's how you got to do role play. That's how it works. Yeah. And I'm, you, I'm you just need, a cantankerous, angry man all the time. So it's not even role play for me. It's just you true know. story. Yeah. That's, that's what squat freak didn't understand it. It was real. It's method acting. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying, trying to sell Nate a penny worth of bubble gum and he was fighting that hard to not buy it. <laughs> we don't call him Nate Minnickstein for nothing. <laughs> Say it. We appreciate reviews wherever they come. And uh, if you want to, if you care about like seeing some little special clips and videos and maybe doing some uh, live training or something from time to time, find the Waste No Day podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Uh, you can get most of the episodes there. YouTube, there's something wrong with that company app, whatever. From time to time, they just don't, they just don't release an episode. Like it never hits YouTube. So you can go through and. <laughs> And I think like Laura Kelly part one is just not there. Oh, nice. No particular reason. They don't answer. They don't tell you. They will not respond to you. Nothing. 
it just it just doesn't get there. It's like, uh, okay, I, I don't have anybody to talk to. I can't just like walk over to YouTube and choke somebody, you know? Only the finest for Waste No Day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's well, part of it is how professional we are, I think. You yes. Know? They're just trying to trip us up because we're more professional than them. Yes. Literally it's wearing probably a suit and tie while I'm doing this podcast. Right. Right. Not even on a blue corduroy couch right now, right? No. <laughs> so, uh, we appreciate the reviews. We appreciate uh, the the big ones are definitely on on Apple Podcasts. That's the one that helps us the most. Because when I'm trying to secure a guest who's a little more uh, higher status celebrity, like your Brian Tracy's, I send them episodes. And many gatekeepers have told me the first thing they do is go check your reviews and see not how good they are, how many there are. Mm. That's the big key. So you don't actually have to write a review. If you just go to that podcast app, you know how many freaking times I've talked to someone in person? Hold on. Time out. Sorry. I'm sorry, you guys. I've talked to people in person where I'm like, oh, great, man. It's great to hear that you love the show. I'm I'm glad it's I'm glad it's doing big things for you. Oh, I'm glad it's turned your company around. I'm glad you've doubled your income. This is awesome. <laughs> hey, real quick. Have you left us a review? No, I, I looked. It's like I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> <clears throat> you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just standing there. Like, do you know how much freaking work goes into this podcast? It's like the one thing we ask for. All right, two things: share it. That's more important. <laughs> Second thing is just open the Apple Podcast app. Scroll down to reviews, click write review, hit the five-star button. If you just hit the five-star button and exit out, we're good to go because it's the number that counts. Nice. But we do like, we do really like to hear those messages that it's uh, hooking people up. Like, that means a lot to us. Everybody loves the stroke. Yeah. Not just the stroke. Well, we've talked about this before where uh, I threw my, I threw my flip-flop at the door. Uh, not just the stroke. I mean, we've talked about this before. It's like, there are times now is not that time. We're kind of inundated with, I think people from everywhere telling us how big a deal the show is to them. Like we're in a kind of a hot streak right now, but oftentimes when that's not happening a lot, we get tired. We get a little lazy, maybe complacent. We don't feel like it. It just, we're just like, why are we doing this? You know? And then we catch that one review where it's like, this has been a game changer. I'm making more money. I'm spending more time with my family. Like my company is blowing up right now. I've got more time to focus on my techs and so-and-so and so forth. And we just, we, we take in a big inhale. All right, let's go. And we walk in proud and happy and we know we're helping the community and like it's game on, you know, we're building the trades up. Let's go. So, but the important thing is, is the number of reviews as I just try to secure bigger named guests. Cool. Very cool. And we do appreciate it. And we know you are also going to appreciate our guests today and it is time to start that interview. So we are now going to put Mr. Aaron Gaynor in your passenger seat. Our guest today is Aaron Gaynor. He is the founder and CEO of Eco Plumbers, Electricians, and HVAC Technicians. 
It's a $60 million and growing home service business serving Central and Southwest Ohio. A master plumber himself, Aaron started the business that would become Eco after losing everything when his first construction plumbing business failed in the housing market crash. Aaron attributes his success to powerful purpose, a clear vision, and commitment to continuous reinvention through the acquisition of business knowledge and leadership skills, along with relentless self-education and personal development. Now he's on a mission to help other contractors to achieve their dreams by inspiring them to do the same. It's going to be a great show. Welcome here, Aaron. Thank you. Glad to be on. Have you on finally, Aaron? It was good to meet you at Freedom here a couple weeks ago, the uh, Tommy Mello's Freedom event. Um, I actually swung by the event. Well, Tommy, I was at Tommy's house the weekend before, and he played me the, the video for Al Levy the uh, homage to Al Levy that he was going to play and, and do a little ceremony for him. And Al didn't know about it and gave him an amazing painting. I wish I remember what he said about that painting on stage, but I didn't get all that info. Um, but it was just the coolest ceremony, man. And and all these people, Ellen Rohrer and all these people came up on stage to, to thank him for what they've done for him, for them and their family and their businesses and I remember thinking like, dude, that's one of those things that happens to a person. If you're lucky once in a lifetime, you know, it was such an awesome moment. Um, and I was planning on going anyway, cause like we have upcoming episodes with you and some of your friends who were there and I wanted to meet you guys face to face before we did, you know, you and I had a nice conversation on the phone before where you told me what a huge Michigan Wolverines fan you are. And, uh, <laughs> we, we talked through all that and, oh, he's got his Ohio state Yeti. No, you did. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> click. Sorry. We lost him there. <laughs> um, but, uh, I wanted to meet you in person and I always like to get pics to, to promote the, uh, episodes on social media and stuff. It just te- seems to resonate more with people. And, uh, so I wanted to come anyway, but. You know, Tommy was like, uh, you know, you need to be there, buddy. And Tommy now is like three times my size, so I was going to argue with the guy. And yeah, uh, when he's been got to work, he looks he yeah looks for great. real. Yeah. He's posting like two reels a day of working out. Is he is he hitting two a days now? Uh, I don't know. I mean, him and I have a little competition going. Uh, we had one before. He, he beat me in the first round, so I'm going round two. He got me. Uh, but uh, it's definitely been good to be motivated and personal health right and i know you spoke a lot about that at the freedom event and i think it's something that we've all been pretty serious about lately a lot when i say all of us some of the guys that you know that are my friends and in the group and just in general and i think it's actually had a pretty big influence on on our group of guys that all want to move and i and i think as tommy mentioned there i can say the same thing at my work and at the office i've been seeing the team get more engaged with it too talking about working out doing stuff because i i think what you see is like People really do follow you as a leader uh, of you leading people will follow and start to look at you and see what you do and want to and, and do what you do. And I think Tommy mentioned that he saw more people doing that at his office around him. And then I've, I've seen it more happening even at our place. So, but yeah, it's been fun. And yeah, you can see everybody's been working out. And I will say it's a, it was great to see somebody like Al, who's done so much for Tommy's career, uh, get a chance to get, you know, to, he, he says a lot of great things, what Al's done for him. So it was good to see celebration and many great people were there so it was a good event man just really cool uh to be part of it I feel blessed to have tommy as a good friend and many other people and be part of that event it was a great opportunity yeah that was i mean i was only there for a couple hours and 
one of the mornings and had to get back to speak on the at the authority brands but um i was just blown away by that that uh, ceremony he put on and it was great to meet you and uh chad and tyler or not tyler but uh well so many other of the guys in your group we actually had tyler not tyler sorry travis his brother uh ringing on the show last night is i don't know when they'll air but yeah we so we got to chat with him for a while and everybody we meet who's part of your crew is just uh it's a delight man we have a great time every time we, we talk to one of them so they're great being guys. at that they yeah, yeah great things in the industry they're great people they help a lot of people so it's awesome to see that uh, you know they're, that they're getting on here and sharing their story and i mean we all come from the trades um you know and we've worked our way up and uh, put in the work and you know and, and you can see what it can do for you if you really want to do it whether it's building your own business whether it's being the best sales technician best comfort advisor right uh, best installer best manager whatever it is whatever you you know your desire is doesn't mean you have to go start a business and do it but i think uh, every person in that in, in our group will say that the trades have given so much to our lives and we want to be able to find ways to give back by being you know, being able to share our stories and we've learned a lot from other people. I mean, you look at, you know, Ken Goodrich and, you know, Dave Geiger and Lee Lum and, you know, we could go on with the list of other people that have inspired us to move forward. And I hope that we get a chance to, you know, keep that torch going as uh, maybe the next generation of, you know, home service people. I think that's what we pursue to do because they, they set the path for us, at least in my, in my world, there's many other people out there sure. uh, and stuff, but you know, the ones that I've had the opportunity to, to get around and talk to and um, and then next our network obviously jack tester as you know has uh, been a mentor to me who really has driven the industry and helped in his own way so been fortunate enough to be around those people i kind of got the trades and built business around that time and now hope we get to do some of that and that's why we're here today right just reason why you have this podcast too right to try to help and bring give back and give people information and hopefully move them in a positive direction in life yeah, that's se- right, Aaron. Sexy up the trades for us. It's a it's a matter of like grabbing, hopefully grabbing the attention of, you know, mostly I would say our we gear toward young men, or at least I do, which is you know, young men like me who high school dropout and didn't know my dad, and you know, hanging out with gangs in Detroit and just needed needed something better, man. And now I'm on the lookout for those guys. Like, hey, follow me, come with me. Not necessarily here with me in Arizona, but wherever you're at, there this exists in some form or fashion where you're at, even in America's armpit, Columbus, Ohio. Bro, we're t- I mean, you know how Michigan be cheating, so uh <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're a week and a half away from the big game, my man. Like yeah. this has to come up. Yeah, it will. It Shoot. will. For this sure. this this episode could potentially air two days after that game, which I know you'll be, uh, we'll be hiding your shoelaces from you at that point and all the prescription meds, but <laughs> or we perhaps still this episode, this episode might just secretly disappear. Too, and never <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't go my way, well, it doesn't matter. I've talked so much trash online. Like I'm, I'm going to have to hide in a cave for two years if, if it doesn't go my way, for real. It's been brutal. <laughs> oh, you guys so, are up um, right now, so might as well talk about it. You know, about yeah, a, yeah, I got to take this. take not being up, so it feels good to have some upness. I, I, you know, not to lose track of what the main reason to be here, but it, it's good when Ohio State-Michigan is actually a real competition. 
And back I feel like there's a shot there somewhere, doesn't <laughs> <laughs> there? There was like a nine year streak where it was not yep. great competition. <laughs> but yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, I, of course I want to win that game in, in, in morbid fashion every year, but realistically, if there's no back and forth, I mean, it becomes what Michigan state is right now. It's not even a fun, like what's yeah, the point, you know, like I want Michigan state competitive, Penn state competitive, I can't say I want to. I just can't say it. I mean, I think it, but I can't say it out loud. I got too many family <laughs> members dependent on me to be a leader. Like you said, you know, there's some things I just can't do, buddy. Not even for the podcast. But um, I heard you on, uh, you mentioned Jack Tester of, of Nextar, and, and I heard you on his podcast, which was the first show I had heard you on. Um, and you told your story on that show and it, it, really prompted us to name this this episode before having you on which the title is tragedy to triumph in the plumbing trade and i'm a plumber you're a plumber from hearing your story we actually really got into plumbing the same year in 97 like um we've man we're very similar very similar paths uh through our career but i want to hear I want to hear your version of it, man. The Waste No Day audience to hear your your story and how you uh, went from, well, I'll let you tell it, but but and then up through the ranks of plumbing and then back to what I would consider, and I'm sure you considered at the time, tragedy and then flipped it around and went again and, and found triumph and never lost your spirit and never walked away from the trade. So, yeah, for sure, man. I, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, as you mentioned there, a lot of us didn't, as you mentioned your story there, and I, we got a chance to talk a little bit too, Ryan, before, uh, but you know, I think many people from the trades have similar stories and I'm just getting a chance to tell mine because I've grown and done stuff in the trades and you know, built a built a business and now I have a, an opportunity to share some and I still have a long way to go and learn. Uh, nobody really gets into the trades immediately because we all came from wealth, right? Uh, unless our family's taking over something. And even then, there's not that many home service companies that really had a lot of family wealth in them, right? They've, over the last decade, there's probably been a big change in that, which we all know. But uh, yeah, I started in the trades in 1997, right out of high school. I was loading semi trucks at, at Value City Furniture at second shift, uh, worked that job um, throughout my senior year of high school, uh, trying to help my mom uh, pay the bills. She's a single mom, three kids, right? Trying to make life happen. Uh, then I got a call from a friend of mine who said uh, his brother-in-law knew a guy who was looking to get young people and the young guys into trade, basically, into plumbing. And uh, I didn't really even know what plumbing plumbers did, really, to be frank. I really had no idea. I never really thought about it. But it was a first shift job, and it paid like $7 and like $25, as apprentice helper, basically, right, to go out and help uh, carry pipe around and do stuff. And I took the job, and I never left. I, I, I clicked with me. I learned to code quick. I was able to visualize plumbing. I picked up really fast, was in a truck quickly and was on my way, right? Um, and got to work. And then uh, we started, I got my master's plumber's lessons, what they called it then by the age of 23 and started a business uh, with my buddy who told, called me and said, you should get into trades, uh, into plumbing. You got your master's license at 23. Uh-huh. That's, that's pretty good. How, yeah. how old were you when you got your journeyman? I didn't need. I just went right to masters. Just took the oh, straight, really? straight test. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So 
Uh, took state, state tests, got the license, started a plumbing company uh, for new construction because in the early 2000s, right, they were building houses like crazy. And all, yeah. I mean, all I saw was houses going, I never thought it would ever end. I didn't, I didn't know any difference. I thought this was the world, right? Like, everyone's going to build houses forever and ever. I didn't even know where all these people were coming from. But I was like, I don't care. Let's build, let's plumb houses. Uh, so we, you know, we, 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 uh, started a business like most people do that are technically sound and think, well, I know how to do this. And, uh, I know how to do the work probably better than my boss. So I should own a business without actually knowing, <laughs> right. That's usually how it starts. The entrepreneurial seizure. Yeah, exactly. Right. The old e-myth, right. Uh, people ever read the book e-myth, but that's basically what it is, right. Technician to manager to entrepreneur, right. Um, and I think when you do, you did that and we grew that business to about three and a half million. And then in 2006, uh, we lost that business and lost that business and went bankrupt as the housing market crashed. We lost, uh, we lost contracts with Syntax homes, which doesn't really exist anymore. I think they got wrapped up or into Pulte Dominion homes and some other people, uh, that businesses don't exist anymore. And we, we had, we banked so much on construction and, uh, we fought to try to keep that business and lost it in 2006 to 2007. And um, I went bankrupt, right? I lost everything, literally everything. I lost my the business, I lost my house, my car. Um, uh, I mean, I lost, they cloaked the IRS, I stole thousands of dollars. They took my, closed my bank accounts. They put me on check systems. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of check systems, but if you- No, what's that? That basically means you're not even allowed to have a bank account. Wow. So any money that comes in is theirs. Any money that comes in is theirs, right? So I ended up back at my mom's house at the age of 28 years old with a single dad with a three-year-old son and felt like a complete loser. Felt like I worked hard to do everything and just kind of reminded me of when I was 16 years old. I uh, got called into the principal's office. My mom was sitting there and the principal told me I should drop out of high school because I should never, I will never amount to anything in life. And that uh, the like, school wasn't for me and I should leave. And I'm sitting there looking at my mom, who's also trying to get a job in the same school district as a single mom with three kids working two jobs and uh, looking at her thinking, what am I doing here? Like I'm making her life harder. I'm not doing my job, but I'm also working at Burger King at 16, right? Uh, walking home and three o'clock in the morning, going to bed and trying to get back to school and do stuff. But he doesn't know all he thinks is I'm just another kid from a broken home. That's a, just a complete loser, right? On top of that, I'm dyslexic. So I didn't operate very well at school. I did lost interest. I, you know, tried to avoid topics in school in general. I think what most people do that are in that are ADHD. And that was a moment where I knew I needed to pull myself together and do something to help my mom. And at this moment, now it's my son and I'm looking at him and we're sleeping on my mom's couch. And I, that one of the few nights in, like a little while into this, I, just grab him one night. He's in like his Spider-Man pajamas and I hold him up and I said, man, I promise you this ain't going to be your life. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to make something of myself for you. and I'm going to get to work. And the next day, that's what I did. I got up, I got to work and started building a life for him and for me. And, uh, that was the moment that I claimed my purpose in life and started going forward. So from there, just got to work. I called my sister, said, hey, I want to get back on my feet. I'm going to make this happen. I borrowed $50 to open up a bank account seven, about 17 years ago now. And from that moment, we've grown a $60 million home service business in 17 years from nothing. 
So the the um, decision, and Nate actually came on a Zoom meeting this morning and trained uh, our techs out here in Phoenix, and he was talking about you know commitment, and he he said uh, the decision is one thing, and the decision isn't easy to even to hold your son up like that and just say it's a wrap for this life. We're, we're moving on to bigger things. Even that's not easy. Cause that's a, that's a real commitment. Yeah. But the work, the work doesn't even start there. Like the work starts the next morning or, or, you know, when you wake up and, and start lacing the boots up to, for you, even though you were, you know, at the young age of 38, or at least the age we're at now, the young age of th- uh, 28, um, but still like you had built a business that was successful at one point and then collapsed out from under you. And you aren't, you aren't like going to flip a switch or going to get some money from your uncle and just roll it back into a new business. You are, I assume you're going to get a truck and you're going to find some clients and you're going to start running plumbing calls and start from day one. It was day one. I called up some people that I did work for that I did have good relationships with in the construction that were still doing that. I said, hey, man, if you give me an opportunity to do some of the work that that you have moving forward, I'll take care of the warranties uh, from the previous company that I wasn't responsible for anymore because the bankruptcy happened. Right. I said, but I'll do it on my own time at night on the weekends because the only thing I had now was time. Right. I had time. It's the only value I had was my time and my work. Right. So I said, I'll do it. If you give me work, I'll cover the stuff. You don't have to pay some other plumber and you can give me work and I'll do the other work. And they said, okay. And they gave me some work. So I just got to work that way. I mean, old school that, I mean, I remember going back every day after jobs and taking the fittings into the supply house and counting fittings, PVC fittings back out and getting returns, right? Just to, to <laughs> uh, that was pretty much. I worked it. for Ken Goodrich for a while. So I remember doing that too. Yeah, that, the supply house was not happy with me a little bit, but they were working with me They because some of them knew who I was and what happened, right? So they were they were working with me. So I got to give them, uh, you know, Car Supply, which was a local one. But Essex was the guy that owned it. He doesn't own anymore. They sold it. But he remembered what happened to me. And I mean, he lost money in that bankruptcy too, but he, he saw that I wanted to work and he, 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 you know, he reached out and helped me out, right? He didn't have to, but he did his own way too, so... Um, I mean, help me out. It's like, he didn't give me like immediate line of credit, but he let me bring things back and forth and he knew what I was trying to do. Right. So, so that, and then I, I called up my son's mom too, right then I said, Hey, look, I, I need to figure this out. Um, they won't change my child support by the way. Cause I was trying to figure out cause I didn't have a job. Right. And uh, they said, Hey, you need three years of uh, work, uh, previous work or new work to, to put in for child support change. And I said, well, I don't even have a job right now. I lost them bankrupt. And they said, well, I don't know. You have to try to file something and figure it out. And, and if not, then obviously, you know, I was going to start getting back child support and all the things that come with that. So I was like, all right, I got to figure that out. So I called her up and said, Hey, I'm going to get to work. I'm going to figure this out. Um, and I'm going to make sure I pay your, the child support payment that I know that I owe you and I don't have money, the job, but I'm going to figure it out and I'll live off whatever's left and get, get to work. Um, I said, but can, can we make a kind of a deal here? I said, if I do this and I figure this out and I don't try to, bring this down or fight this, um, will you not come back and try to push on me later on once I do start getting back on my feet and I'll pay for our son's college, all of it, and I will figure out how to buy his first car. I will do all those types of things and make sure he has everything he needs. 
And she said, okay, she, she said, all right, I, I, I believe in you, go get it done. And I did know her since we were in seventh grade, but we didn't really have a relationship till later on. But she knew that I'd get to work and she you know, gave me that, uh, we agreed on that. And uh, I'm fortunate enough right now, my son's a, a, a junior, he's going to ASU, out by you. Right? Yeah. Um, living his best life. <laughs> and, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> uh, you know, when we were looking at when I was looking, we was looking at college to do stuff. Called Tommy up, and uh, Tommy's like, "Yeah, you should go to go to SU. The girls out here wear, wear less." And I was like, "That's that's not what I'm willing for, man." Take your muffs, kiddo. Your muffs. These days, I know, but but, uh, but, uh, but my point is, is that she did, and I got to work, and I said I was going to do that, and I did that, and I'm very. I'm not saying not to brag, but I'm proud of it. I'm proud of the fact that I. From the day I told him I was not going to be his life to paying 100% for his college, uh, bought him a bought him a, a car. I told him I'd buy him a car by the time he was 16, and got him a Jeep, and did all the things I said I was going to do. And I just got to work and build toward that. And uh, you know, it's exciting to see him going, getting a finance degree, and going to school and putting in that hard work that you wanted to build a better life for yourself and for your son or your family, right? Whatever's your commitment. And that's what I did. And I, I think what I heard you say here that Nate that you might have been saying you're talking about this morning was it's some people you commit to stuff, but do you really have the will to follow it all the way through and do it? Right. Like because the will, the purpose and the will is what's going to make it happen. Right. Because uh, it's going to suck. There's going to be long days, long nights, hard nights, days you're just not going to want to do it. And you're going to have to do it. If you're really, really committed to something, you need a purpose, not a passion. You need a purpose a real purpose in life, right? Because there's gonna be long days, long nights, hard weekends, times that aren't gonna be there, right? Times are gonna be hard, all that stuff. And I remember this quote that I saw that was uh, Les Brown. I don't know if people know Les Brown, if not as an old school motivational speaker, uh, but he said, if you do what is easy, your life will be hard. But if you do what is hard, your life will be easy. And when I thought about that, I was like, there's truth to that. There's some deep truth to that. So if it's going to be hard anyway, why don't I make it hard and make my life easier? You know, that's, that's so, uh, it's so poignant. If you just look around, I mean, you know, your little, uh, LSD crew might be new to this whole working out thing, you know, but waste no day. <laughs> we've been, we've been on this train since we started in 2021. Um, I've worked out, but before, it's, I've worked out before the last, uh, <laughs> you know, none, none of you guys look like months, you're new to the, the gym, by the, way. Months, by the way, but yes, go ahead. Yeah. Nobody in that crew looks like it's their first time picking up a weight, <laughs> but, um, if you know, I'm around different people all the time, all the time. I go to as many shops as I, as humanly possible. Like I went and spoke at, at uh, Tommy's garage door freedom, uh, Monday of this week. And, you know, I didn't want to. Like I really didn't want to, man, and, and yeah, I didn't. I didn't really want to speak there. I've never spoken to owners of garage door companies, so this was like a um, very nervy thing for me. My wife and I got a room at the hotel there the night before, and got to hang out together, which was really good. And you know, wake up and have breakfast together, and go to the gym together. And but like when I was getting ready to talk to those people, it was like. Um, butterflies in my stomach and my palms were sweaty and my hands almost were, were actually a little. So I like, I was talking to the crowd and I said, I was talking about running calls early when I was trying to be a selling tech and my hands would be shaky. And I went to shake my hands for effect 
And I was like, oh, they're that was easy. <laughs> they, were just, they just started doing it. I was like really uh, uncomfortable, you know, and, and it's one of those things like getting up at 345 in the morning to make sure that I can be at the gym at 430 and get a workout before my day starts because I don't have time in the evening. I mean, I can make time, but that's supposed to be my time with Amelia and the kids or on uh, very fortunate nights like tonight, get an hour with Aaron Gaynor and Nate Minnick, which is, you know, that's a dream come true. There are so many people in our space that would kill for an hour conversation with the two of you and should. And here I am getting to do this, you know, but it's like uh, it is all these things are the result of like these very uncomfortable things, these hard work, massive efforts, swallow your pride, swallow your ego things that we do. And like you said, um, creating a, an easier life by doing hard things when you're around people who do nothing throughout their lives. Um, that's specifically hard and, and everything they do is pretty easy. The smallest things stress them out. The easiest things are, are very hard to them, you know, but if, if you're someone who, you know, takes ice baths, like I know Tommy's getting in, in what is it? A cryo tank or whatever he's getting put in his house so he can hop in these ice baths. Like if you're someone who, like Brian Tracy says, you know, eats the frog first thing in the morning, you, you get up and eat a live frog. You're not bothered by the little stresses of the day. You, know, you get a massive hard workout in and beat yourself into submission first thing in the morning. Or like you, you know, you get up and decide I'm not one abandoning the trades like you almost should have you know like you almost should have turned your back on the trades and said i'm going to do something else but like sticking with it and, and having that resolve to say no i didn't get beat like i tripped but i can still walk and yeah, and i'm going yeah. back after it yeah i think there's like well first off i think the trades like they gave me an opportunity and i knew what it was and the trade saved my life right i mean it gave me a place to be it gave me an opportunity it 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 gives us like anything does it, it gives back as much as you put into it right but the trades mm -hmm. gave me something that i could use and move forward in my life with and i and i i wasn't giving up on the trade and the trade didn't give up on me what i just realized is i didn't really own a business because i wasn't a business person I was just running the construction plumbing business that was a tax ID and I didn't have that much control of my destiny, right? I couldn't control my destiny enough or whatever the builders kind of wanted to do the deal or the light commercial projects. Like that's, that's kind of where it worked, right? You have some control, but you don't really, you don't really have a brand. You're not building something that's a legacy changing. And that was a great lesson to me at the moment, the bankruptcy and all the stuff felt like the worst thing that could have ever happened to me in the moment, but it probably was one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. You know, besides that, my son in life, right? But, uh, uh, but you know that that changed changed the way that I viewed myself, viewed business, and looked at the things I did. And I, I think, you know, then it was just getting to work. Like I had to go put in the work. I had to read the books. I had to listen to the podcast. I had to listen to the audio books. Like I, it was probably a godsend to me that the audio, like audio books, exist because I listened to. Oh them my gosh! Yeah. In my truck. I mean, podcasts weren't really that big yet. You know, we're talking, but they, you know, but there's you know stuff to listen to. And I think it's just feeding my mind and just trying to figure out. And I ran, ran into a book called Thinking Your Rich uh, on that journey. And I think if uh, anybody wants something that I, I would consider a book that actually helped change my life is that book. I've read it eight full times. I read it all the time. And the model of that book 
is pretty much how I modeled every my success plan moving forward was from that book, right? You know, we do all these training sales system, train, follow this, follow that, follow this. I just said, well, I don't have a plan. And obviously I don't know how to create wealth and do all these things, but it seems like this book has a good plan. So I'll just follow it. And that's what I started doing. So I didn't try to make it complicated. I was like, this is a book of all these wealthy people that they studied a long time ago. Here's how you, they did. Here's how they look at it. And I said, I'm just going to do exactly this. And I sat down and wrote my definition of purpose in life, wrote my goal, wrote a decade plan for myself and got to work. Right. And, uh, that's, that's what I did. And, uh, is, is that the one I, I do, I like, I tend to, uh, confuse all the books and I've read, I probably read think and grow rich two or three times Napoleon Hill. Yep. But, um, and that one is that one in like the seven habits, probably the two biggest ones, right. In terms of that have had like, like if you ask a, a thousand successful people, what book changed your life? It's going to be one of those two books primarily, yeah, right? Both of them. Yeah, for sure. They are. Um, is that the one it, did like Rockefeller pay, like finance Napoleon Hill. Yeah, Napoleon Hill was yeah finance to, to write that book to, write to go book, like interview go millionaires, and research all the people to do it. You know, and there's some other speculation on that stuff after these times. But the bottom line is like the formula of success is there, right? And it's really about you know desire, having desire, which is the will, right? And then figuring out where you want to go. Write that definite vision. Have a number. Have a goal. Have something out in front of you that moves you. Something big that moves you every day, right? Now mine was a hundred million dollars. I wrote when I was driving around in my truck by myself, getting started. I was like, I don't really know why, but that was the number I came up. I didn't even know hundred million dollar home services even existed at this point in time, right? Wait, and did they at that point in time? Probably not. I, I don't, don't think so. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. But I didn't even know that anything like that was even possible, right? Like I just created this and said, I'm just going to figure it out. I'm going to make it big enough and bold enough that I got to work. I got to work hard yeah. to do it. And then I just started telling everybody that and uh, uh, like you speaking out loud to where I was going to go. And I think one thing I did is I ran into our CFO, Mike Barnhart, at a party. And, um, you know, he's like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a plumber. And I was like, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, I was like, what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm a... I'm in finance and he's like, I, he's just got his MBA and uh, he's like, well, what, what do you plan on doing with your business? And I was like, well, I want to know more about finance. I need to learn more about that. I said, could you, he said, well, why do you want to learn more about that? I said, well, I own a, I own a plumbing business. I want to grow it. And he said, well, what are you trying to grow it to us? A hundred million dollars. And he goes, well, where are you at now? I was like, 1 million. And he was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But then he's like, but the point was, the point of that was, is that if you don't have a big enough goal and a vision, you can't attract people to where you're going. And because of that statement, he ended up working with me, building, helping me build out some financial plan. And then he joined the team, our CFO, from Victoria's Secret a year and a half later to help build this business to where it is today. And he's been part of that. My sister's been part of that because I called her up and told her I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. And Braun, a service manager, and other people have too. But like, you know, just saying like, you got to have a big enough dream to move forward and you got to be bold enough to say it out loud. And most people are embarrassed. And I, I just shared out a presentation too, that we won an award for uh, called uh, ACG, which is for innovation home service, but whatever, that's local uh, in our area. But um, Fifth nice, Third congrats. Bank, Fifth Third Bank, thanks. And the reason I say is because a Fifth Third Bank, uh, you know, spot like, put us out there for our school because we have a school. We've graduated over 120 plumbers from the school that we created, right? Uh, wow. three, three and a half years ago. And we can get into that too. But I guess what I'm saying is that uh, I had another bank in my office when we were smaller 
growing and uh, they asked me what's your plans where do you want to go and they're like oh, I, said, I want to grow a business to 100 million dollars and i remember the guy sitting in there and he chuckled at me right laughed and i was like okay and then i talked to the bank that i'm with still today fifth third bank and they said how can i help you get there so you're gonna have people are gonna laugh at you i've had plenty of people laugh at me you know i went bankrupt lost everything they i've talked about my goal they've made fun of me right that's happened and I'd bring it out and go, and you're going to have haters, and people are going to do it. You just have to get the over that. Ammo. I said, move on, right? And uh, I had that. You know, you don't think that hurt me? Obviously, I'm telling the story now, but I remember I went up and showed it again, and I just got to work and use it as and use it as fuel, use it as fuel, use it as fuel, right, to keep going. So, did you it. ever uh, did did you ever drive up to the principal's office in a Lambo later? <laughs> not yet. All right. You will no, though, huh? No, no. Is, it, is it on the goal board? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. You can use Ish's Phantom. Take yeah, Ish's I'll take Phantom that. I'll Ish will let me use his Phantom. Yeah, that'll really do it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, so I think for just everybody, like just listening, I guess, to do this is like, it, it doesn't have to be all these things, but it's got to be some type of goal. And I think if that's really the topic of the conversation here is like just bouncing back in all situations that you're in, no matter what it is, and just finding something that can move you and staying focused on it for a long period of time. Like we all want to kind of start this and stop that and start this and stop that. Right. It's like, you got to have to just stay focused for a long period of time. Uh, if you want to be a better service technician, improve your income and your sales, and you got to be dedicated to, to training and selling and coaching and listening to things and do stuff. You can't be like, I'm out working and then go home and just not, not invest in any time. And hopefully that's why people are listening to this to invest time into becoming better at anything they want to do. And I think for one thing too, is like, I want people to be proud about being in the trades. Like you should be able to speak out loud that you're a plumber, you're an HVAC, you're an electrician, you're a garage door guy, you're a roofer. It doesn't matter what it is. You should be proud to be in the trades and you should be proud of the opportunity it gives to you. And you should also realize that the trades can pay you a lot of money if you're going to work hard to do it, right? Because there's a lot of money to be made in the trades for a lot of people and, and it can change a lot of lives. I've seen it change a lot of lives. I'm one of them, and I imagine you guys are them too, right? And it keeps changing yeah. lives every day. I have people that work for us that have bought houses, have changed their life, have rebuilt themselves, have you know, built families, have cut, sent kids to school. Like, There's a lot to do if you're willing to put in the work in the trades. And it's going to keep getting better personally. Maybe there's an economic little time ahead of us a little bit, but I think in the end of the day, like, trades aren't going anywhere. We're not getting outsourced any time. No it. factor. And uh, the, you, you've got plenty of opportunity to grow in this. And uh, we, we want to get people to grow in the trades and keep going. And that's what that should be the goal. You know, there were two things in that book that always uh, stuck out to me. I believe the quote was from Napoleon Hill, but it could have been from one of the millionaires he interviewed. Where he said. Uh, the biggest difference between the successful and the unsuccessful that he could tell. And there are some quotes about self-discipline being a key factor, but the biggest difference that he could find between the successful and the unsuccessful was long-time perspective yep. versus, versus immediate gratification. And everybody wants and loves immediate gratification. There is no successful person on the planet who, if given the opportunity to be you know, satisfied now isn't going to take it, but the successful people are able to cast and follow a vision for the future and unsuccessful people are not. It's, it's, I think it was Dennis Wheatley who said, uh, the 
successful person does what is goal achieving and the unsuccessful person does what is tension relieving at all, at all times. And that is the biggest thing. And, and the other thing that struck me was, I think it was the 80, 20, uh, Pareto principle in this, but it was that 80% of the millionaires interviewed set a, had a vision to go one place, but ended up becoming multimillionaires in a completely different space. Like they didn't end up going the the exact direction they they planned on going. They still got to what they ultimately wanted, but it was in a completely different area than they had planned on. But the idea is to just to cast that vision out there and then start following it, become a person of of um, fortitude and and discipline and you know train and and fill your mind with the right kind of stuff. Waste no day. <clears throat> Feel and constantly be, be um, you know, moving negativity and junk out of your life. That people who are unhelpful and you know, you said haters earlier, and it's a cliche word to say, but you know who they are: the person who finds the problem for every solution, the person who's never impressed with the people doing something. There's always some reason they're luckier than everybody else. It's just like, just let them be. They're they want to be where they're at. So let them be where they're at and move on to get around people like Mr. Gaynor here, who is going somewhere. He's already gotten somewhere. He's still going somewhere. You know what I mean? I have a long way uh, to go. We got bigger, bigger goals, but still, but uh, to the point is, is like, yeah, you need to put something out there to work. Like you know, when I talked to our team, even just recently, as we think about we're upon the, at the end of 23 into 24, right? We're goal. It's kind of people start to write goals, right? Start thinking about goals and thinking about where they want to go this stuff. And I ask a lot of people, I said, do you have a decade goal? Do you guys have a decade goal? Yes. You do? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you got a decade goal? Oh, I do from a business. I'm not sure that I've thought about it from a, a personal angle. I'm not sure that I, I personally have a decade goal or business does though. Okay. Well, that's good then. You're ahead of the game for then because now you got enough vision, right? But most people do not think in decades. Oh, they think, but, right, but do it. Like do it for the family too, because what was crazy when my wife and I were doing our five year, uh, we were talking about our five year the other day. I don't know why it never really occurred to me, but in you know I have four kids living here with us. You know, all, all four of our kids are here. At the end of our five year goal, we will only have two kids living here, and I don't know why that was so like it was a heavy moment for us. This was just like three days ago. We 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 stumbled upon this knowledge, like we're building out you know, probably possibly won't be in the same house in five years. But then we realized like, wait, we're not upsizing <laughs> unless we just want a nicer house. Chances are we're getting a little bit less building to clean, you know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe in a nicer area, but we, we don't want to, uh, I don't know like that we're people who need it. Right. It gives perspective out for 10 years from now. Like what's going on in 10 yeah. years? Where do you want it's to heavy. go? And what you're saying there is it gives you some perspective. And I think, Anybody that's listening to this or listening in general or doing the driving around or in their truck or uh, at the office or doing stuff is like, you know, ask yourself, like, have you thought about what 10 years from now would look like and what do you want in 10 years for your business, for your life? Because that's what's going to really move you, not next year's goals, right? Next year's goals can change a little bit, right? It's kind of like to me, next year's goals are kind of like passion, right? purpose is where you want to go in the next 10 years in life because if you want to change the world and change who you are it's going to take you a decade yeah who i don't know who was it that said it maybe it was like uh tony robbins or something people vastly 
overestimate what they can do in one year, but vastly underestimate what they can do in five. Yeah. And that's it. And I mean, when I sat down and wrote this goal, it was wrote it down on paper. It was two, that basically 2015 going to 2025 saying by 2025, I'm going to have a hundred million dollar business. And this is what it's going to look like. This is where I'm going to be. This is like, you know, you start drafting these things out and then now you've got a long thing to work. So everything you're doing from this point forward is moving you to work towards that goal, right? I don't need to rewrite my goals every year, right? I, there's things you want to do in the year, but you got an opportunity to keep moving you because everything you're doing is moving you to a bigger picture. And I think it's just important for that. I'm not saying this for everybody, but I think it does give you a vision because you can grow into your vision, right? If you really want to. And like you said, the work and you show up, you do it. You can find a way out of it. Like people might be saying, well, I don't have the ability to, I don't have the resources to do that. Like I didn't have shit, <laughs> right? Like after bankruptcy, I didn't have, I didn't, I couldn't even get it. Yeah. I was on check systems. Right. So it's like, you can, you know, maybe there's some other resources available. I had, I don't know everybody's scenario. People have a lot of things in life, but you know, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a lot and there's people that have had worse scenarios that have turned stuff around in life. So I'm not comparing any of that, but I think the question is quit, quit, quit thinking like that and start thinking about where you can be in the next decade. And if yeah. you do that, you'll start moving and find that purpose, man. It's just so important. I don't know how much more I can just beat on that to people um, to do that. And you're never going to have a perfect day, of course. Like, you know, I think you were saying, like, going to go do stuff, get up uh, at times and do things. Like, you're just going to have to do stuff even when you don't feel like it because that's how you get ahead. That's the hard work, right, that makes your life easier. And your know, life will just start getting easier when you have goals, you have vision, and you're willing to put in the work. It will start to get easier. And the fact of that the work never gets easier, right? But your life gets easier, it gets better, right? You have more resources to do things. You're able to enjoy life more. You have financial things. You have friends that you get to meet, people you get to be part of, things you get to do, right? And uh, Oh, and that, that most important key factor is that you get to start delegating the things that are anti your personality. And that's really when life gets fun, man, is these, these things that I'm, you know, back to doing now as GM of a, very small company that I had people for when I was with Nate there at a, you know, $40 million company in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, like anything that I wasn't good at naturally, we just delegated to people who, you know, that's their personality type. And I, for, I forgot how, <laughs> how much I disliked some of the things that I have to do now, just based on the size and the size we are in the budget we have, you know, and that won't last very long. But the, the difference this time around is, and unlike a lot of people listening, I know this gets better. Like I know that the light at the, the end of this tunnel is like, it's a snap of a finger away where I'm just going to wake up one morning and we're going to be on the other side of it. And that's, it's a great, pers you know, it's a fortunate perspective to have of mine, but it's also like, I do want to, um, you know, hopefully make some people feel a little more at ease and, and let you know that wherever you're at, you're at in your business. Like if you're listening to this, you're listening to stuff like this podcast and um, you're in you're in these Facebook groups that we're all in together and the Waste No Days and the Service Avengers and the Service Einsteins and all these uh, groups and listening to our show and Tommy's show and Yano's show. Yeah. You're you're already on your way. I mean, you're doing the things that need to be done and you're you're going to wake up one morning and all the stuff that you hate is delegated and profit is happening and you're finally at that double digit profit mark and you're seeing double digit percentage growth year over year. And like, it just, it's just, it's coming. It's on its way. 
Um, it's not the case for everybody because not everybody's built like that. A lot of people are just listening to music all day and they're not reading Think and Grow Rich. You know, they're getting home and watching some TV and um, get doing what's tension relieving all day, every day, and rarely thinking about things that are goal achieving, right? But for people that I think are tuning into stuff like this, that's what I did. That's what I was looking for. That's what you did. You, if you if we had podcasts like this when you and I were in plumbing trucks, this is what we would listen to. You know, yeah, I, mean, I was like, fortunate enough to have audiobooks. I'd plug them in and do that, right? Or YouTube was yeah. kind of like like I said, I mentioned that's kind of a godsend to me. Uh, but I would say, yeah, if you're listening to these things, you're probably already starting to try to feed your mind with the right information, regardless of what it is, and hopefully over time builds momentum. I think people kind of get stuck a little bit in the knowledge phase. Phase sometimes they listen to a lot of stuff and then they're not sure how to move from knowledge to strategy. But sometimes most people can move from knowledge to strategy. And then once they get the strategy, they really fall short on execution. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I think about three steps and everything and the direction I think about it is like there's three phases to it. Right. It's knowledge, strategy and execution. Right. And uh, you got to get the knowledge. But a lot of times people spend a lot of time listening to the same thing over and over and stuff over and over and over getting knowledge. And a lot of people probably have all the knowledge they need to be successful right now, whether it's their business, whether it's being a great service tech, whether whatever it is, they have probably all the knowledge. The question is, are they willing to take that knowledge and put a strategy behind it? And then once they can get the strategy together, will they actually execute it every day, right? Like, will you run your sales system if you're a tech every day to fine tune it every day the same way? Are you are you willing to execute that to get better? Because you know, that's what will get you better. Like, that's what it'll do, right? It's like, and then evaluate it, listen to your call, come back, get the knowledge, strategize, execute, right? Same thing in your business. Get the knowledge, strategize what happened, execute, restart, right? Just the cycle over and over and over on everything you're doing. So I, I think uh, that's kind of what we're saying here, right? It's like, you might be getting the knowledge. Now, can you move to strategy? And then can you actually execute? Because execute is the part where most people fall short when i say most almost every person falls short there right because execution means i have to stay after it and staying after it is a muscle that most people don't have yeah and that's the thing it's not it's not execute right it's execute and then execute and then execute and then it's like it's a never-ending process and and then when it's really easy to execute you if you're really paying attention and, and, you know, the note to self notebook is something I train our techs on here a lot, which is you should just always have this notepad or at least a notebook in your phone where you have a page that's just note to self where you just just remind yourself of things all the time and you notice something, just write it down. You know, you remember it better. But um, if you start if it starts getting really easy, you're not executing anymore. You're just in a comfort zone. Okay, the execution is really like pushing you outside of the boundaries of extreme comfort and and which becomes laziness and lethargy. The uh, fact that you're you know you're doing you're pushing for sixty million. You said this year, yeah, sixty million, sixty million in revenue this year. And I said, you know, it just alluded a little bit to the fact that you've kind of made it. And you're like, oh, I got bigger goals, man. Like immediately, what you said was like, made what like. <laughs> just getting started right and yeah. i'm I mean, sure that, mean that to be like many people would be very blessed and i'm very blessed and fortunate to do that but it is the point that that's not the end goal 
right? Yeah. There's still more to go. And most people would be very happy with 60 million, 20 million, $10 million home service business. They should be mm -hmm. proud that they built those. They should be proud that they built yeah. the $5 million business. They should be proud that they were willing to get out there and do something with it and create any business on their own. Cause that's not easy alone. Right. Or whatever your goal is. But I do think that as you go along, it's like, I it just decide what's, what's your goal. Uh, you know, mine's a hundred million. And, you know, we went from, we, when we think about our business, we went from six to eight to 12 to 21 to 30, 30 to 44 to 60. Right. And that, and, and all of that's been through organic, uh, you know, growth. And then we just had our first acquisition, uh, within this year. Um, and then we, we, you know, we have a next year going up. We thought we'd have a stronger year this year. I mean, this year was definitely got, you know, I think a lot of people got beat up this year in many mm -hmm. ways, right? In the in, out there in the marketplace. So, you know, it's just fighting through that. We still have big goals next year and our goals to, to achieve the, the goal I set out for a decade, but 2025, we're still on pace, even with having a hit, a hit year a little bit um, and staying after that. And I think, again, just learning from the year, right? Getting the knowledge from the year, getting a strategy again, and then executing, right? But we've been executing for a long time and people love knowledge and love strategy. You know why? Because it's engaging, because it stimulates your mind, right? People love to, to, to talk about strategy. I mean, how many uh, meetings you've been in where people want to talk about all the strategy and all this stuff and all these ideas and all this shit, da, 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 da. and then it's like, well, we got to go to work now. And they're like, oh, we have to work on it now? Well, yeah, like, we got to work on it now. We have to do something, right? So because it's engaging, right? It stimulates you, uh, your mind, right? It puts the endorphins in there and you get pumped up about those things, right? And then, but when you're actually executing, it's like I said, it's every day. It's not as exciting, it, it, but it's exciting when you can see the future in front of you, right? It's exciting to me because what I see is where we were going so I could do that. And uh, you know, I think or or I'll use Arnold Schwarzenegger thing here real quick is I remember hearing something from Arnold Schwarzenegger a long time ago when he said he wanted to be Mr. America and be in the movies and people would be like, why are you smiling in the gym while you're working out? Why yeah. are you eat, right? Why are you all smiling? He said, because every curl, everyone gets me closer to my vision of myself, right? And it's like, that's what execution is. That's execution. And you can just picture him chewing his gum yeah. with this huge yeah. smile he's on his face. While as he's making curls and bench and do it, right? Like yeah, he's pressing it, 415 right? like 25 mm -hmm. times just with a huge smile but, on his yeah. face. And Yeah, and I don't know if I because said every, exactly, I remember every, every set gets me closer to my goal. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's, and that's it, though, but that's executing, right? That's it, that's it, right? He had a smile, because every one of those painful moments every day, that long day, that long night, was one more one more, one more, more step closer to my goal, right? And the same thing there, and I just remember hearing that before, and I was like, yeah, that's it. That's, 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 that is it. That's, that's the vision, having it out in front of you, move and get to work. What year was it when you, you uh, picked your son up and made that promise? Uh, seven. Oh, seven. Yep. So you're 16 years out. Yeah. 17. Yeah. Yep. Wow. That's pretty substantial because you, when you made that promise, you had, I'm assuming you had no credit. No. Uh, you had no checking account. Nope. You said you borrowed money from your sister. Yep. I didn't have a car. Then you lost your vehicle yeah. and you were on mom's couch, right? Yep. I don't even know where to start. Like, what what was like? You got up the next day. You made some phone calls, but like, what was the game at that moment? Did you have a vision at all? I had a vision that I knew I was going to do something different, 
And at that point, uh, that made me start thinking about everything I needed to do. I knew I wasn't going to live like this. I knew that I wasn't going to do some of the stuff I had to do when I was a kid. When we, I'd go to the grocery store with a food stamp, right, at the grocery store. My yeah. son, we're not living this way, right? And my vision was, we're not living this way. This ain't going to be it. I don't know all the details of it, but I knew it wasn't going to be it. I'm going to work. And as I work forward and move forward into that vision, I grew into vision. I can't sit there and tell you that day immediately everything happened and God like gave, like, you know what I mean? No, no, that's not how it works. But do something right here. And I knew in my own heart that I wanted to do something in life anyways. Right. And just, just like, just was, but that moment I knew I was going to do it. And from that moment, it helped build me a vision over time. And that's what I'm saying is like, I, but I knew this was not going to be it. So and I don't know how you're going to figure it out. A lot of things you don't know. I think people want to analyze stuff way too much sometimes and be like, well, what about this? And what about that? And what, like, don't worry about how it's going to happen right now. Worry about just getting a damn goal and moving forward, right? Yeah. And you'll figure out how to do it if you really want to do it. That's the point here, right? I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just knew I was going to do it, right? And got to work. And then as we went along, I kept figuring out how. Still today, like, I don't know how I'm going to get to a billion dollars quite yet. I have a pretty good plan an idea that I'll get there, but I, I still don't know exactly how, but I know I'm going to start moving in that direction now. After we get to the hundred, we're going to move to a billion, right? And like, uh, you know, but wow, you're just <laughs> skipping right to it. <laughs> just 10x, huh? All right. Yeah, I think, but you know, that would be the goal. Like, why, why not try? And like, even when I put the hundred, I was like, well, what if it only went, what if it only went to 80? What if it only did? Well, okay. Let's Built an $80 million company. What's up? What's so, but so I think that's like, okay, so you fell short, but you sure built something still, right? If I put a billion and it goes to 250, that's, you still did something. But if you didn't put it out there, you wouldn't even push mm -hmm. the limits to try to get there, right? If I didn't put it out there, I may never even have ended at, you know, end up at 80 if that ends up being the end number for whatever reason, right? In Ohio too, like we, you know, that really needs to be mentioned. You're not in Florida, right? You're not in Vegas. You're not in, even here in Phoenix. You're... You're doing HVAC, but you're not in a largely weather-driven area. So plumbing is our main business, right? So we we out of Columbus, uh, we, you know, our biggest business as it should be plumber, about yeah, plumber, right? Some plumbers. Like, <laughs> you know, so we we started looking at the business line like 30, 35 million of it is just plumbing, home service plumbing, and sewer and drain, right? So that's our business there. Um, and then we started picking up, you know, some HVAC as we've been going the last two years. But our business has been mostly all plumbing. That's awesome. Actually, I'm saying in Columbus alone, that market, but in Columbus, most of our most of our business plumbing in general is about 40 million of our business is actually plumbing. Okay. Whew. That's substantial. And then we and started that's... HVAC. And so HVAC has just started like two years in now, right? So we're just now getting going in HVAC. So we'll, we'll scale that. And then we started electrical too and uh you know we've, we've got some work to do there but you know we're, we're we're trying you did the same move i did where you you started hvac in what late in 2022 yep and i moved to phoenix in july <laughs> you uh you, you uh got in, in in the probably the worst possible time which is yeah thanks for uh, reminding me yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did the same thing. It was like over a hundred. It was like a hundred twenty-two or something. I think the day we got here to Phoenix, I was like, okay, we've, uh, we've made we a move. In, it was. I mean, the HVAC business hasn't been. It hasn't been killing it the last two years for us. But again, like that's just what it is. We learned lessons. That's what. Yeah. And we'll just that's what you want, work. man. I, you know, I sold timeshare for a little while, and um, 
I, I came in, got out of their school. I think it was like four weeks or eight weeks or something like that. Where you make like nothing. And I got out of the school and I just crushed it. Sold my first tour for $40,000. Um, and they said, that's the kiss of death. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they said, when you sell your first tour, your first day, your first week, you think it's going to be easy and people fall apart when they hit the hard time. And that wasn't the case for me because I had already gone through way worse than like a few weeks without selling. Like that was a please, that was a joke. Plus I made enough money off that first month to last a while. But the, uh, the, the, um, theory is very sound when you don't, when you don't have to go through anything, when you just come up the easy way, the first storm that hits, you're, you're not a sailor that's, that's built for a storm. No, I agree. I have that on my conference wall in the building. What's that? What you're basically saying is the, uh, you know, uh, smooth sails never made a skilled sailor, right? Like you can't oh, yeah, yeah. Thing if you don't go through storms, right? So yep. smooth seas never made a skilled sailor, but so it's just trying to understand like what that is. So, but yeah, you point that and you know, I thought HVAC was going to be a little easier. I won't lie as a plumber. I was like, oh, these HVAC guys got it easy. They're selling boxes, man. These are boxes. <laughs> HVAC comfort guys, you guys got it easy, man. Uh, that's nah, not that easy. It's not as easy as just selling boxes, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, no, it was, you know, just going through it, just figure it out. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get, we'll grind through that and we'll figure that out. And we're making some momentum now and electrical and just keep, keep going, right. Just keep getting in there and figure it out every day and wake up and try again tomorrow. And you know, I'll come to a pretty much a pretty decent conclusion in life as I've grown to is not, nobody really knows what they're doing, doing, right. You get up and you try to do your best every day and have a vision forward and just figure it out as you move forward. And you do learn things that are valuable, but nobody 100% knows how to do everything, right? You just don't. It's just move forward. Move forward every day. Move forward. Yeah, hope, hopefully not, man, because that, that's where if you do, if you're that comfortable, you're just in complacency. And, and you know, we're only here for like 80 years. So what's the point if you just get to this place where you're super comfortable and complacent and don't ever move forward or push? Hopefully you're always in a state of growth development and learning. And hopefully there's always a little bit of, of roughness the to the sea. <laughs> we hope that's that we know that's not always the case, right? Yeah. We're, I mean, we're trying to build a life of, yeah. of, you know, relative comfort, but even at the same time, man, we can, we can all become billionaires here. We're still going to go beat the crap out of ourselves in a gym somewhere and maybe, you know, get it, get a gi on and hit the mat or something. We're going to figure out a way to make ourselves uncomfortable because, I don't like that's where life is like that's where living is it's it really is. not sure. it's like Jordan Peterson says like you don't actually want to end up on a beach somewhere getting fed grapes like what are you a baby <laughs> you gotta you gotta have discomfort you gotta have growth and development or you're not living a life you'll become miserable agree you 100% will For sure Nate buddy we miss you I know your mic's a little messed up there but we miss you <laughs> I'm here man I'm, I'm just listening hey. I'm listening to good stuff. <laughs> Aaron, a couple of things that have struck me here is, you know, for somebody who has endured the lows, you know, the lows and the highs, um, if I'm listening to you and I'm in a low place right now and I, I hear you talking about like, you know, 10-year goals and, and $60 million of revenue and like all these things, in the moment in that low place, like you can't even mentally get there. Like it just, 
it seems like an impossibility. So what was it about you? I mean, you said, you know, your son was the why, but what was it about you that you said, I'm going chips back in as opposed to I'm tapping out? Like, you know, some people are in that low place or they're struggling or they're just like, they're ready to give up on this whole trades thing, whether they're a tech or an owner or somebody in between. And they're saying like, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm ready to get out. I can't even think about a 10 year goal right now because I'm just swimming in all this stuff, whether it's mm. financial problems or emotional stress or, or just physically beat up or whatever you want to call it. And they can't think beyond the problem that's right in front of them. What do you say to them to help them get through that? It's a great question, Nate. And I, I'll say like, I think at that moment, I, I, I can't really say why, like what happened, right? I just believe inside me, there was just a, some fire that was like, you know, you, you got to move, you got to do something, right? And you, you have to do something and take action doing something just overtook me. And I think over life, I've kind of always wanted to try to figure out how to be better and do stuff. I, I'd say it's, uh, you know, when you're looking at all the problems on you, is like sort through them all and pick one and fix it, right? Pick one, move to mm -hmm. the next one, right? I got up the next morning, I did one thing, I made some phone calls, uh, made a phone call to my sister and said, this is something I want to do, right? Did that, then moved to the next one. Then I called some builders, tried to get some work, did that, right? Then I called up uh, uh, Buddy Braun, who is my service manager in front of said, hey, would you want, would you be willing to help me out? Did that, right? It's like, you got it. And then I, then I called my ex up and said, hey, can you help me do this, right? So it was just step by step by step. And then I got a few movements. I got a couple of yeses. Obviously, there's other things that happened that didn't just follow in my place here, right? Uh, but I think it is like you, you got to sort through the mess and quit. quit you got to take full responsibility for the situation that you're in, whatever it is where you're sitting there in your truck, you're about to give up on it until you can't, unless you can take full responsibility, you can't move forward. So I think that's what happened to me is I took full responsibility. And as I talked about some uh, success clues in the, in the speech that I did at Tommy's was the number one one was take responsibility for where you are so you can move forward no matter where it is. And I took responsibility. I didn't, I decided not to blame the bankruptcy on the economy. I decided to blame bankruptcy on myself because I wasn't a business person. And I didn't have a business to understand what was going on. So I decided to blame it on myself so I could get to work. So I knew where I, where I was. So if anybody's sitting in the truck of where you are, I'm not saying blame yourself to the point to put yourself in a worse spot. I'm saying take responsibility where, for where you are, own that moment, and now move forward. It's the only way. Like, And I had to do that, and that's what I did, and just kept moving forward. So I, I, I don't know if that answers your question exactly, Nate, but I think it is you have to be able to do to do that. And then you have to start, then, then you start writing the vision, the purpose and the vision for yourself. Because once you take responsibility, now you already know where you are, now you can move forward. And once you know that, now you've got a ground level, wherever it is, wherever that level, low level is, now you have something that you can build off of. Until you can do that, you're not going to go anywhere. That's my, that's my, my experience. That's all I can share is my experience in life. If it is well, to and, be, it's up to me. Yeah. Right, Brian. And the good thing about that perspective, like when you decide that you're going to own the problem, you also inherently decide that you are also going to own the solution. Yeah. Like it works both ways. If you're willing to accept the fact that I'm the reason that I got here, then you are also in control of how you are going to get out. 
And, and like that's that's the other side of the coin. That's the hope in a desperate situation is that you know if I reverse course, if I repent of my ways, if I turn around 180 degrees, I can get back to a place that is better than where I'm currently at. And like, you know, if anybody's out there listening and they're just, they're feeling like, you know, I'm just broken in this moment. Like there's, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't have any clarity. I feel, I feel like I've lost it all. Or I feel like, you know, I've gotten myself in a place where I don't know how to recover. I mean, first of all, there's help, like reach out, you know, there's, there's people around you that do care, but also like understand that how you got to where you are was a series of decisions and how you can how you can get to a better place is also a series of decisions and in this moment this moment of desperation your next decision is what makes the difference and and in your case i mean you decided that you weren't going to live that life but then the very next day you made phone calls and, and you you set up accounts and you made efforts and like you put the plan into process that's duplicatable by everybody. Yes, it is 100%. And you explained it very well, Nate. Like that's exactly what it is. It's all decisions. Every little micro decision piles up, right? And it's just get up, make a decision to get out of this, right? Own it first, take responsibility. Because once you can do that, now you can take responsibility to move forward. Whatever the low moment is, whether you're not getting the sales you want, you're not running your business the way it is, whatever it is, do it, move forward, grow, find the network. I joined Nextstar eventually to learn from there. I reached out to people. I did stuff. I put myself out there. I even said that earlier. Like I said, put a vision out. I said things that were big visions to drive myself to and to others because I was speaking it, right? I, I believe that auto-suggestion and the idea of saying things and owning it are important to your success. And you have to start speaking to yourself because, you know, you have to speak good to yourself. I'll say that, right? Like I felt like a loser. I said that earlier, right? I felt like a loser. I've, I've had negative talk to myself in life before too, right? And I can promise you, if you don't give your mind a direction and a focus and something to work on, it'll find something for you and it won't be what you want it to find. Mm -hmm. It won't be what you want it to find. So give it something positive to focus on. Talk to yourself good and create a vision because usually when you don't give it that, your mind will talk to you in ways that you don't want it to talk to you. That's just, you know, how it is, right? And, uh, you know, you'll, you'll find every other thing that you shouldn't wanna, want your mind to tell you to do, right? Like, so give it a purpose, give it something to work on and get to work. And then you'll start getting out of it because I think sitting around feeling sorry for yourself, feeling petty, you know, feeling down and out and doing stuff, you gotta start talking to yourself in a positive way and you gotta create a vision out there. But once you take responsibility and move forward, I think we beat on that already, but, now your mind will have somewhere to go and you got to do that because it won't, it will just keep, keep you in the same cycle, man. What you think about is what you become, right? So you'll start, start thinking about it. You thinking about all the negative stuff, all things aren't working. You'll just keep doing that. And you got to start thinking about where you want to go. So Aaron, uh, another piece of that is we're kind of bringing things in for a landing here, but you know, perhaps somebody made a decision and, and they, they tried to change their stars and, and they're trying to, work down this path of execution and they're just, they're getting worn out. Like you made that decision in 2007. You said, this isn't how it's going to be. I'm going to change things. But I am absolutely sure that it wasn't all rainbows and cherries for the next, you know, five years. Like the, the you know, the third day in you're like, 
no, this actually does suck. Like <laughs> there's, this is a real world problem here. And so if somebody is, is in the middle of that place where they're like, you know, I, I committed, I committed to making this better. I, I, I chose, you know, a year ago or six months ago or, or a couple of weeks ago that I was going to do something different about this problem in my life. And now they're in the throes of the difficult execution piece. Like what, what grit did you have in you that kept you going? What advice do you have for them to basically encourage them to not give up? That you that your goals are big enough to move you forward. Like you have to have something to move you forward. You have to be able to dig deep inside you and say, I want to be this person and I'm going to do it and ask myself. And you, it has to be tough. The universe is going to push you. Life's going to push you. Like it has to be tough to come out on the other end. Right. That's again the point of like, if you do it as hard, your life will be easy. Like nothing's going to, nobody's going to give you anything without hard work. The world's not going to give it to you. Nobody's going to give it. Like life is hard and it's going to be hard. And you got to push through that and those deep moments and, and to grind out. And I think, I think good, like good. The question should be like good, good, it's hard. You know what? Because that means yeah. you really. Jocko. It's <laughs> 100% Jocko. It's good. And then you have to think yeah. that way. It's good good it's hard yeah you know what that means it'll make you better and you just got to grind it out you just have to stay in it and then you have to ask yourself is like is it hard because am i really doing the things like if i'm really committed to this am i sitting on my couch on saturday and watching sports games like i've never seen Ohio yeah. State football pay my bills <laughs> not yet yeah, not yet. <laughs> still Maybe spent money on that yeti though didn't you <laughs> they gave, oh, actually i shouldn't spend any money on this they get like they gave this to me at the ohio state game wow <laughs> did you I, fix the urinal while you were there yeah. <laughs> I'm, i was fortunate enough now that i got invited to a suite right now they gave it <laughs> life has changed but the point is is that is that i i think it's, it's like you have to start asking yourself are you really doing everything you can Right? Are you really doing everything you can? You know, are are you are you golfing still on the weekends? You know, I didn't golf. I didn't go anywhere. Did did I watch football games? Nope. Didn't watch football games. I worked. Did I go to parties? Nope. Didn't go to parties. I worked. Right? I didn't I didn't I didn't do anything. Like I not to say I didn't have a much like a life and didn't have stuff here, but I worked. And I asked the question is like, are you really working that hard? Mm. Are you really working that hard? Are you telling yourself you're working hard and you're wore out? Because your body and you can sustain stuff. I'd go, I'd work at five, be at work, get up at five and be back working by, done by 11, working construction job, got up again at five in the morning, go again, 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 again. Thanksgiving, worked. Worked all day, right? Work. Like, are you really working yourself out of it is the question. Because if you if you say you are, then I should, you should be able to look at it and say, I'm working. And I'm not saying work, that you just got to go dig and work and do all these things hard. You got to work smart too. I'm not spending time. I'm actually reading a book. I'm actually studying. How many books did I read? How many did you read this week? How many did you read last week? How many did you listen to? Like, are you really taking it serious? Are you dead serious about your goal? Are you doing everything you can? And if you are, now, then you have to look at yourself and go, all right, am I, am I, obviously I'm not strategizing right or I'm not doing something right here but if you do those things you will get out of it incrementally so i think it's like you really have to look around at yourself and ask yourself a lot of people are like oh man i'm working so hard i'm wore out da, 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 da. and it's like how many hours you work this week oh wow well, well, and then you break it down it's like oh it's like 
48 hours. Like your war out is 48 hours. You want goals in life? I can promise you, like, <laughs> you're not going to get ahead in goals with 48 hours of work. You're just not, right? And I'm not saying work like you got to work around the clock at the work late. If you want to be the best sales guy, uh, uh, you're probably going to have to work more than 40 hours because you're going to run calls. At this time, people, not every person wants comfort advisor exactly at two o'clock in the afternoon when it's convenient for you to do shit, right? Like, or when you're running a business, sorry, the customers are only gonna call you between eight and five, right? Like, it's just not how it works. You have to be ready to go. So I don't know if I'm answering your question completely, but I just think it's, you have to look around and just ask yourself, am I really working that hard in this moment? Yeah, and that's a good that's a good point for, especially people in sales of any kind. If you're someone who's driven by the number and driven by you know a competitive nature to get to a certain point, be at a certain level, top, you know, number one in the company, number one in a franchise, number one, say in Nexstar or number one that you've ever heard of, like a Brent Buckley, you know, or, yeah, or right. Dale Steele or some of these guys. If, if you have a zero day, you have a crappy day where you don't sell anything and there are calls left to run and you check out at 345 and leave the other calls to the on-call guy, don't tell me you're dead serious. <laughs> Because that's not something I would ever do in a truck. I would never do that. I was begging, begging on-call guys to let me take a couple calls from them. Because I was dead serious. So no, you got to be dead the, serious. You got to be the dead, dead serious part, man. It it ain't it ain't from eight to five. It's not the dead serious part. Is after five on Saturday, on Sunday, on the holidays. Those are the guys who are dead serious. And I'm not saying and if you talk life, by the way, like you need to you know, like I don't believe in the word work life balance, by the way, I, I, I hate it. I think it's the worst thing that's ever came about with that, because everybody thinks they know everybody's work life balance by saying that every person has a different work life balance because <laughs> different in life and different goals and different things you want. Right. So, you know, your work life balance is yours. Right. So whatever you want to do, do it. But don't sit around and complain about not getting ahead if you're not willing to put in work. Yeah, I love these. Uh, this is one of these LinkedIn memes to me. These this work life balance stuff, where it's always like that job will replace you the second you die, but your family never will remember that when you decide to work yeah. overtime. Like there's always there's like eight hundred thousand people like it, and I'm just like, ugh, yeah. <laughs> I can't stand these. Your can't stand these quotes because like your kid, will, your kid will probably remember more. Uh, remember, like I, I I'll tell you this. I'll say this. Sorry, but. I, but uh, I don't think is I don't think how many people there's a lot of dads that come home and this is you know for men right now I guess if that's what we want to say is that or women whatever there's a lot of parents well there's like two women that, listening too so we should yeah. probably talk to them too yeah I don't mean that way I just meant like in general I'm thinking from a father's standpoint it's like I didn't get I had to give up a lot to not spend time with my son but when I did have time with it was intentional right but I worked hard and when I did have time it was intentional there's a lot of dads that come home and sit around all night drinking beer uh, sitting around and uh, not doing anything, watching football games, doing this. And I'm not hating on football. I'm just using an example, right? Doing all this stuff, but are you really being intentional about the time? When I had my son, I was intentional about that time. I spent time with him. I talked to him. We talked. We did shit when I had him, right? And then when I didn't have him, I worked. So have him. So it's like, you can still do all those things. There's a lot of people, just because you're around at home makes you a better dad. Like, if you're not doing anything or a better parent just because you're home doing nothing, no, you can be a good parent would be by being intentional with your time with the kid, with your parent, with your kids, right? And, and, and what's going to make a better, what's going to make a better, what's going to make better kids to see a guy who punches in and punches out at a job he's, quote unquote, job he's not very happy at 
He's got no real drive or ambition. He comes home and lounges around the rest of the evening, but he's home. Uh, or somebody who's just like, I'm building something. Yeah, building yeah I know I'm not kids. home a whole lot, but I'm building something. Yeah. And, and I had and to that, have a talk with my son when he was 13 when we did this. And I know we ran over at times. So we can cut this off whenever you guys want to. But when he was 13, I said, hey, man, when he was 13, we went out to California. We drove uh, up the shore there, the one, and uh, Route 1. And I said, hey, man, I, w- I want to tell you that um, I'm sorry that I missed a lot of like practices and other things in life. Uh, but I was building something because I, I wanted to show you that it was possible. And, I, and, you know, I did this because of these things for you. And I want to make a better life and a legacy change for me and for you and for the future. And I had to miss shit because of that. But I promise you it was because to make a better life for you moving forward and to have this stuff. You know, and I, you know how does it feel? Well, you want to be a guy working your ass off so you can fill the Christmas tree? I'd rather be working my ass off to fill underneath the Christmas tree because I can promise you I know what it was like to wake out wake up at Christmas with fucking nothing under your Christmas tree and like, go fill the Christmas tree, work your ass off, fill the Christmas tree for your kids. Buddy. Well, I can't think of a better place to go out, Mr. Minnick. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, it's a good, good challenge there. And man, thanks so much for spending some time with us. If, if people are interested in learning about you, if people are interested in learning about you or your story, uh, or would like to you know talk to you about what the good things you're doing there at Eco. Where's a great place to find you? Uh, Aaron at EcoPlumbers.com or Aaron at GetEco.com. Send me an email, um, and I'll get back to you. I'm usually pretty good about getting back to people on there, so just send me an email. Uh, catch up, and uh, you know maybe if you want to come out visit the shop at some point, we're doing we have some tour stuff that we're setting up for next year for anybody who wants to come out visit the shop um, or just wants to. Hit me up uh, just to follow up on a few things or ask some questions. Um, I can hopefully teach somebody something and learn something because there's always something to learn. So appreciate it. Love that. Aaron, as we wrap up here, man, at the top of the interview, you mentioned a couple names of people who like kind of inspired you and they were the forerunners uh, into the trades and in pushing things uh, to the limit and, and going beyond that. And, you know, perhaps someday people will say Aaron Gaynor is the person that pushed them to the limits and, and, you know, uh, hoed a new row and, and made a new road on things. Oh, I bet there's already a lot of people who say that. And, and maybe there is Brian. And, and, you know, if that's the case, man, like leave us with the inspiration for where you're going and, and where people who are following in your footsteps, what they should be paying attention to. Oh, all right, Nate, you really put it on me here. So first off, if I am fortunate enough, I feel very blessed. I, I will say that like, I already do. Um, and I, I think I'll say it's like the trades did save my life, um, gave me a place in this industry, in this world. And I think it gives everybody that's listening in the trades a place in this world. And I hope that we take the trades to where it should be recognized and has been recognized. And I hope everybody wants to inspire to do that, to give back to the trade that's given so much. And one of the proudest things that we were able to do and myself and our team was to do was to build a school to teach people the trade and bring more people into the trades um, and give them a career and a path into the trades to earning $100,000 a year plus, right? Like that's that's what I wanna be remembered for is building many, many trade people, uh, hopefully across this great nation. And uh, to also show that you can come from the trades and build a hundred million to a billion dollar business if you want to, and that the opportunities are available to you if you want to do something with them. And I hope that I get a chance to inspire people to do that, uh, whatever your goals are, to wake up and get after it every single day, 
and you know, like you guys say, no, no, what is it? No days off, right? Don't waste any days. Sorry, don't waste any days. <laughs> waste <laughs> no days. Yeah, sorry, say it, Nate. <laughs> say it, buddy. Come on, Nate. <laughs> waste no days. My bad. Sorry. Uh, but it really is that, and I, I hope that does inspire people. So you know, that's 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 the short of it, man. And you know, that that's and if I'm if I'm fortunate enough at the end to leave some legacy on this world um, in some capacity, uh, then then hey, that's that's. That's pretty awesome. Well, you've certainly inspired us, Aaron, and I'm sure many of our listeners. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your day to join with us and share your story, man. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thanks, man. Great talking to you, buddy. Come and yeah, uh, definitely, definitely let's hang next time you're in Phoenix. Yeah, I'll hit you up when I'm out there, for sure. All right, buddy. Thanks, Good talking to you. And that's a wrap for this podcast. We hope that you enjoyed your time listening to Travis in your passenger seat. Always good to hear from somebody who's been through the hard parts of the trades and has come out on the other side. And uh, has a great perspective on things. So it's good to hear from him and even the small things that it really matters to focus on again. We're coming towards the end of the year here. And so if you feel like you've maybe dropped off your level of service, no better time now than to pick it back up and uh, challenge yourself with that. And maybe do a little review contest with you and the guys at your shop in terms of driving that level of service and then seeing it come back to you in in the reviews and what that can do for you, your fulfillment of your job, and of course, the return customer base that you hope to serve in the future. Uh, we appreciate everything that you guys do for us in Lister land. Thank you so much for tuning in every single week. And we hope that you are enjoying the show. And of course, we want to challenge you to choose to wake up every single morning and waste no day.